You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Well, welcome to those of you who are in the room. Welcome to those of you listening on our podcast. We uh, are continuing a series this uh, today called Proven. Um, it's based on a study in First Peter. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in First Peter 3 um, as we get into the verses. Um, but as uh, I, I was preparing this message and thinking about um, what God wants to talk to us about, a question came up to me, and maybe this is a question that you've had in your, your past before. Um, and the question is this. Why is it that sometimes I just don't do good? It's not that I, I sin, but, but there are opportunities all around me where I could step into somebody's world and help them out. I could, I could, I, I could help somebody uh, with whatever they're struggling with, whatever, whatever they're dealing with, and it's just being there and, and helping as best I can. Why is it that there are times in my life that I just don't do good? And as I evaluated that, that question in my own life and thought back in my own life, uh, one of the things that came up was, oftentimes I'm just too rushed. Anybody else like that? Just kind of raise your hand. Yeah, we're just too busy. Um, we have more important things to do because people are counting on me. Um, back on July 4th uh, this last year, my son, um, it's his birthday on July 4th. Uh, so yeah, when growing up, all those fireworks, Nathan, those are for you, buddy. You know, um, <laughs> but um, so, so July 4th happened and we were going to have a shrimp boil, a uh, low county boil, if you know, low country boil, if you know what that is. It's just a big pot of water and shrimp and corn and sausage and spice. Oh, it's great. And so, but I needed a, a single burner. So I went and I purchased a burner and, and with a propane tank and the line that goes to the single burner, and I got that all set up and, and started it up and going, and, and all of Nathan's uh, bandmates were there with their girlfriends. So it was a big, you know, big crowd, and I put the boil on, and the flame is going really well, and I go off and I'm talking to some, some kids. All of a sudden, about five minutes into this boil, we all start smelling burning rubber. I'm like, what is that? And Nathan goes over to the propane tank and the burner and the, the, the cable or the, the hose is touching the grill, this burner. Full gas on and it's melting through the hose. And, I, and so I walk over there and Nathan goes, that's not good. It's like, <laughs> dude, yeah, so I gas off I, and I couldn't believe it. But here, for me, it was oh my goodness, we have this party going on. We have no way to boil the, all this water and everything. So I didn't even say anything to anybody. I jumped in my car and I boogied it out to Home Depot. And I go over to Home Depot and, and I just basically bought a whole new one. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I was like, I just gotta, I gotta get back because all these people are counting on me. And I walk out of the store in Home Depot and if you've been at the Home Depot in Woodbury, you know that their parking lot is like this and then like this and slants. And so as I'm walking out of the door with this big, you know, the box with the, the new burner on it, I'm following a mom, young mom, small, you know, short, and, and she's carrying like a two-year-old and pushing a cart, and in the cart are two more kids with cement and tile, one-handed, 
trying to get to her car, and literally, she's just, this cart is taking her for a ride. I mean, she's just, and she's balancing all this stuff, and she, a couple times she goes to the side even to kind of nudge it back straight where she's going, and I'm carrying my box, and I'm following her, and I'm like, stinks to be you, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm your pastor too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was, a, it was a perfect example for me most recently of, I got things to do. I, I, I'm more important at that point of getting back to my party, if you will, than just spending a little bit of time to help her out, even just push the car. Why is it that I don't, why is it that I sometimes don't do good in the world? And maybe for you, it's the same thing. Maybe just this past week, you can remember somebody at work uh, in, your, in your cubicle area. Maybe there was somebody that was really struggling, struggling with a project, and you knew how to do that PowerPoint. You knew how to run those numbers and do the cost-benefit analysis. You knew how to, do, how to do all that. But that would mean taking 15 minutes of your own day to help that other person out, and you don't. Or what if it's somebody, kids, maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood or friends of yours who is sick. It's summertime and they have to stay inside. Or maybe they had a surgery or something like that. And you, you thought about or your parents suggested, maybe just write a little card or let's make some cookies. And you're like, well, no, because I want to go play. And you don't do good. It's a struggle that we all have because typically what happens is we want, these are the things that get in, 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 in the way. My agenda, my timeline, my wants, my needs, I put over everybody else. And the problem with living your life so focused on you is that sometimes you find yourself in places that you don't want to be. There's a story of a photographer of a national magazine that was assigned to get photos of a, a big, huge forest fire. And so from his home office, he makes the arrangements to, to go down to the airport and, and catch a plane to go and take these fo- for, uh, the, the photos of the fire. So he was told there's going to be a plane waiting right by the runway, running, ready for you to go because you got to get on this. So he jumps in his car, goes to the airport, gets all his gear, has all his gear, sees an, air, an airplane right by the runway, goes in, throws his stuff in the back, jumps in and yells to the pilot, let's go. Pilot cranks up the engines, turns the, uh, turns the plane into the wind, they take off toward the fire. The photographer says, start at the north end of the fire, and then we're going to make three or four really low and probably dangerous passes right over that fire and in the smoke and, and close to the flames. And the pilot yells back, why? And the photographer says, well, because I'm a photographer, and that's what photographers do. We need to get pictures of this fire. And the pilot pauses and says, you mean you're not the instructor? <laughs> I thought it was funny. All right. So, but you find yourself, you know, in, in places if you're so hyper individually focused. So today, let's make sure as Jesus followers, we're on the right plane. All right. Can we agree to that? Okay. Um, so like I said, we are in a series called uh, proven, and really the question that Peter interweaves through his whole book of First Peter is this question, how do we as Christ followers, uh, when we encounter struggles in our life, especially ones that are counter to our faith, how do we navigate those struggles and do it in a way that is, quote, sensitive, if you will, and not, and not offensive to, to the point of turning people away from 
the Lord. And so, if you want to turn to, to, uh, to um, 1 Peter 3, the arching verse that we're using is actually from 1 Peter 1, and it says this, there's wonderful joy ahead. If you're a believer, like I said, you have hope. You have joy ahead of you. Even though you have to endure, endure many trials for a little while, these have come so that the, they prove the genuine, genuineness of your faith. How you respond to the trials that happen to you, which everybody has, whether you're a Christ follower, a spiritual person or not, we all struggle in life. That's part of it. How we respond to those struggles is key to show where your faith is at. Okay? And this isn't, this, we're not perfect. There are times when you'll go through a struggle and you'll be like, you know what, I, this was horrible, but I know God has got this. Or there'll be times that you'll go through something and you'll go, man, oh, I can't believe this. And you start using words you shouldn't use, especially in church, and you're just, you're going off the handle and you're, do, you're responding in a way that isn't Christ-like. And there's grace in there and forgiveness, but how do we kind of navigate that whole thing. Um, so, just to, uh, to, to bring us up to speed, last week we talked about the truth that Christian freedom isn't a license to sin. Just because we are forgiven and we have a hope in, and a home in heaven doesn't mean we can do whatever. Christian freedom isn't a license to sin. It's a mandate to love. So, that was chapter two. Chapter three now, Peter goes, okay, let me explain this mandate to love thing. What does that look like in the life of a believer, especially a believer who is being uh, persecuted and, and trials are coming their way for faith? And he says, um, the action of love comes down to doing good, just simply doing good in the world. Peter encourages us to love people by being passionate doers of doing good, passionate doers of doing good, no matter what the pushback is. And if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Jesus follower, you have to know this. Doing good flows from loving well. Isn't that true? Doing good flows from loving well. The way that you do good or the, or the, the value that you add to people oftentimes is a direct correlation to either loving them well or being loved well. So it always starts with love and now today into doing good. So, what does it mean to do good? Actually, what does it mean to love? Well, basically, what it means to love is two things. Loving is what you do and what you don't do. I don't know if you knew this, but love isn't primarily a feeling. If you have a very, if you remember when you're dating um, somebody that you just, oh, I just love him. I love her. Social psychologists and people who study uh, these kinds of things tell us that that's actually not love in its core. It's really, really intense liking that person. When you like a person, that's the emotional piece. Loving is a step further, which involves commitment and it involves action. Right? That is what proves your love for someone. I could tell my wife all day long that I love her, but if I'm not showing that in action... How, how deep and how powerful and how maybe real is my love for her? So it's basically, again, what you do. Remember 1 Corinthians, love is patient. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm operating patience. Love is kind, okay? What you don't do, 1 Corinthians again, love doesn't boast. Love isn't empty. And this, 
this might hurt or be personal, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love doesn't remember all the things that I, that, that I did bad to you in the past. It's like two guys talking about their, their wives and how they get in, in arguments, and the one, one guy says, you know, when my wife and I get in an ar- argument, she just yells and gets hysterical on me. The other guy says, well, my wife, when we get in an argument, she doesn't get hysterical. She gets historical. She brings up everything I've done wrong all the way since we were married. So love doesn't look back. It, it doesn't keep a record of wrong. And that's just like God. You do not want God to remember your sin. And did you know he doesn't? As far as the east is from the west, so far that, that sin, that memory of sin is from me because of Jesus. So let's dive into the verses. 1 Corinthians 3, starting at verse 13. Um, and uh, this is an encouragement for us in terms of doing good that shows us that we are Christ's followers. So the verse is this. Now who will want to, and I added the italic, I don't know what those, these things, whatever those are. Um, parentheses, thank you. <laughs> I can't even say the word, let alone do this. Um, okay, First Peter 3.13. Now, who will want to physically harm you? And the reason I added those extra words is because in the original language, this is really the emphasis, and and it's kind of interesting to see the two. Rhetorical question, who really is going to physically harm you if if you're eager to do good? Realistically, if you do good to somebody, are they going to go, you know, are they going to retaliate physically? Not really. But even if you emotionally suffer, meaning somebody may be criticizing you, um, for whatever reason, even if you emotionally suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it, which tells you as Christ followers is this. You do not do good because you're helping the other person, primarily, initially. You don't do good because you want to receive something back from that other person. You don't do good because it's, it's, it's what I was told to do. You do good because God has done good to you. Everything as a Christ follower we do flows from the grace and the love and the mercy of Christ. Um, Galatians 6, 9 says, so let us not do tired of, let us not grow tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So God will reward us. Um, and what that reward looks like, we don't know. It's not money. It's not, you know, it, it's God is the, the one who gives us blessing in our life. Um, uh, through that. So don't worry or be afraid of people's threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. First Peter is basically saying your whole life is shaped by Christ. Your whole life is, is the default mo- mode is following Christ. And again, we don't do this perfectly. We've, we fall and come back and we do all kinds of things. But this is kind of our striving because of what Jesus has done for us. And if somebody asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle way and a respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Wouldn't it be great in our national conversation right now with all the politics happening and everything that's just swirling um, on social media, wouldn't it be great if we get entered into conversations with people who are on the opposite aisle from us politically, and we can have a gentle and a respectful conversation um, together about ideas, 
I think that would just be fantastic. But most of the ones, at least that we hear on media, always devolve into just ugliness and, and stuff that is probably not true. It just, yeah, anyway, sorry, went off a little bit there. Uh, I'm back. Okay, um, then Peter continues. Then, so this is, we are doing good. People are looking at our life and now are categorizing our life of good. Then if people speak against you, they're going to be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. There it is again. Because we're Christ followers, we respond in love. We respond by doing good. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. The reason you and I seek to be passionate doers of good isn't because we want to put to shame people who are making fun of us or fun of our faith, but it's, again, because we have been loved well by Jesus. Verse 18 says this, Christ suffered for our sins once for all. He did good to you and I. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. That's love. That's the ultimate action of doing good. And while you and I were sinners, Christ died for us. As Christ followers, then, we get the opportunity to, to, to do good. And where you really find out how, how strong your faith is, is when you do good to people that you don't like. When you do good and intent, not just, I'm going to sit back and maybe I'll have the opportunity, but maybe intentionally do good to people who are different from you, people who are anti-you and, or and anti-religion. Um, uh, um, or, or, you know, anti-God. A lot of stories uh, and examples of that. Um, but the application is this for us. What do we do with this kind of message? It's simply this. No matter what end of the spectrum you are on, and, and we're kind of skewed one way. Our church, and, and as much as I know you, um, we do good all the time. All of our ministries, our We Do Feet ministry, uh, our quilters ministry, we, we serve the poor, we go on mission trips, we're out in the community, we're doing good all the time. But doing good isn't a program. Um, it's, it's a lifestyle. Um, so here's the application for you individually. Whether you are naturally a do-gooder <laughs> in a positive way, or it takes some effort for you to actually step out and do something for somebody else without gaining any benefit for yourself, whatever end of the spectrum you're on, have a conversation with the Lord on areas where maybe He wants to move you that you never thought of. Maybe there's a people group that's, that um, you're involved in or maybe live in your neighborhood that you just completely avoid, first of all, because you don't understand them, but is there a way that you can step out and do good in your own personal communities? Is there a way that you can join our ministries here and serve in different ways where you can join us in doing good in reaching out to different people groups and people who don't know Jesus? It's an evaluation now between you and God. Imagine what our world would look like if we responded to social media and all the uninformed opinions out there with a loving response, or we didn't respond at all. Imagine the change in your workplace if your whole workplace was passionately about seeking to do good and helping each other out 
whether you receive recognition or not. Imagine what the atmosphere in your home would be if you as a family, after this message, on your way home, had the conversation, today we are going to all do good for each other. Imagine what, your, what it would be like if your brother would do something for you without you asking. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Or your sister. Or if you as a student, you know, as a, as a kid, if you did good for your parents without them even asking, what would that look like? Because as Christ followers, as believers, that's who we are as people because ultimately Christ died for us. And we now have the, it's not law, it's not you have to do this, but we get to do this and share God's love among people in our immediate circles. Because Jesus loved me well, we're going to love each other well. So let's take God's direction today, yes, and do good because we've been loved well by the God of the universe. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray. Father, we again celebrate the fact that everything we have, our, every movement, everything about our being uh, is given to us by your son Jesus. And uh, I would pray for those, Father, in the room or, or on the podcast listening, that if, uh, if they, Father, if they don't know the fullness of God's love in Christ, God, that, that your Holy Spirit would move them to just ask a bunch of questions. Um, we're, God, you know that we're a church that loves those kind of questions, and, and we do our best uh, based on Scripture to, to answer those, Father. But no matter where we are on that spectrum, ultimately, um, we just say thank you. Thank you for doing good to us for loving us enough to, sending, to, to send Jesus to die for us so that we can have a home in heaven and a life here on earth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All of us said together, amen. amen.